Good morning, everybody. Feeling good today? Good. Glad to be here worshiping with you today. I don't know how many of you guys are uh, actual football fans, but uh, one of the things that can happen in a football game is uh, the last two minutes. Everybody, anybody ever heard of a two-minute drill? And uh, the last two minutes of a game can often determine uh, who's going to win the game, who's going to lose the game. And uh, I just want to say that uh, we have the last few minutes of 2016 in front of us, and I'm ready to go blazing through the finish line for 2016. Are you? And uh, there's a couple of ways that we can be involved in that as a church. Uh, one is next Sunday, uh, we are going to have our Endeavor Christmas offering, which gives us a, a tremendous opportunity to do uh, a bunch of great things for uh, the kingdom of God. We are able to partner with uh, local agencies that are helping people get heat or food or uh, any kind of assistance they need uh, during the Christmas season, and then uh, we usually uh, take a, a good portion of our Endeavor offering and partner with Generosity Water and get a clean water well dug in an area of the earth uh, that, uh, you know, for years and years we gave away Christmas presents to, to kids, and that came to, that season came to an end, and I thought, you know, it's one thing to have presents under the tree for children. It's a whole nother thing to actually have clean drinking water available uh, for children. And uh, children all, all over the world are as valuable anywhere. So we always partner with Generosity Water. And uh, then we have our Endeavor Project. And then this year, we'd also like to take uh, some of our Endeavor offering and just help us finish strong for our church's budget. So uh, this next Sunday is our opportunity to come together and, and really come strong. So I'm asking you to pray and ask the Lord what's the best you can do, what's the best you can bring for next Sunday, and uh, let's finish strong with, with, uh, with Endeavor, with our finances, with our resources. And then the other thing that uh, we can do to have a, a great end of the year is Christmas Eve services, um, which are always amazing opportunities for us as a church and uh, to reach people, to help people, and um, uh, this year, uh, Christmas Eve is going to be on December 24th, <laughs> and we've just, we just arranged for that to happen, but it's also, that's a Saturday, and uh, Christmas is a Sunday, so we are going to have Sunday church on Saturday, but we are going to arrange uh, Christmas Eve in the way that we always do, to, just to open the door to our community, uh, to give people an opportunity to, to meet Jesus, the real reason for the season, right? And uh, so, just want to encourage you to grab invite cards and to be present and to bring family, bring friends, bring people. We have three services, two, four, and six. Uh, we won't have any uh, service on Christmas Day. We'll be doing, that'll be our last, literally, think about this. You may not be looking at your calendar and thinking about this, but this is actually our last uh, service of 2016. 
Because the next week, uh, Sunday, is January 1st, and we, are, we actually have a tremendous service plan, uh, praying over people. It's, it's, uh, it's not often we get to come to church together on the 1st. And how I many of you know first things are important to God? The way we treat first things, seek first the kingdom of God. So we're going we're gonna to have a great January 1st service, 2017. We're going to be praying over eight, uh, uh, people in our service. We're going to have communion. We're going to launch into 2017 and let it be one of the greatest years we've ever had. So let, let's move forward together. It's going to be incredible. Today I'm going to start a new series of messages, and uh, it's, um, it's, it's kind of a new series. Uh, it's kind of in the tone of what I've been doing for the past few weeks slash months with wide open spaces, and today I want to, I want to start talking about head games, head games. There are people that are uh, sitting next to you. And they appear normal. <laughs> Everybody's normal till you get to know them. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you, might, you might say, well, Pastor, you don't actually see who's sitting next to me because they don't exactly appear normal. But I could just about 100% guarantee that there is a battle going on inside of their head uh, that is happening on a daily, hourly, minute-by-minute basis. Uh, the battle that is happening in people's heads can go anywhere from, uh, am I really good enough for God to love me? Uh, do, do I really have what it takes to live the life that I feel like I should be living? Uh, there's a battle that's going on in people's heads. Even though you're not seeing this conversation, it's twirling around in people's heads that they're asking the question, would God really bless me? I watch him bless other people, but would God really take it upon himself to bless me? I believe there are people that have this battle going on inside of their head. Uh, have I totally blown it? Uh, have, I, have I just really uh, missed my window for uh, advancement in life? Have I missed my window on uh, having my life to share with somebody? Have I missed my window? Have I just blown it? And that, that question, that battle is going on uh, in somebody's head today. Uh, I think the battle of could I ever, could I ever be forgiven for what I've done and how I've lived and even, even what I did yesterday, much less what I did, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And the Bible describes very clearly um, the battle that is taking place inside of our heads. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. And um, I am going to spend a few weeks on this. Because uh, I really want us to, to win that battle, to, to win in the head games that are going on. So we're in 2 Corinthians, and, um, and we're still journeying through it, but I really want to park on this passage and, and take a little bit of time with this. But 2 Corinthians 10, 
Verse 3 says, though we walk in the flesh, in other words, in the natural, uh, everybody does. We all, we all are walking in the natural. We eat, we sleep, we work, we play, um, you know, we, we have our life. We don't war according to the flesh, according to the natural. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh or of the natural. But our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, and some translations would actually call that strongholds. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I wonder what kind of battle is going on inside of uh, your head on a regular basis. Even as you sit in church here today, uh, even as you go about your, your daily routines in life, uh, the, there's, there's a battle between having faith, believing in God, and trusting in God, and then there's a, a battle with doubt, trying to creep in and enter into our world. Some people have the battle where they are battling with worry, and worry seems to consume their way of living and their way of thinking, and, and really God has promised peace, but the battle is on between peace and worry. Some people are battling with the battle between confidence, confidence in God, confidence in themselves, confidence in God's calling on their life, confidence in God's ability to work in their world, or, or feelings of insecurity that are, that are running their life, that are making them hesitant and, and afraid to move forward. Some people are, are fighting the battle between joy and sorrow, between joy and sadness. They've got really everything that they could need to have a happy life, but they're fighting the battle of sorrow. They're fighting the battle of, uh, within their head. Some people are fighting battles with moving forward in life or just letting fear say, you better just hold your ground. You better just hold steady because if you take a step, you don't know what might happen. Some of us are, are constantly fighting the battle between positive and negative. Do you know anybody like that? <laughs> of course you do, because it's you. Uh, it's all of us. And, uh, and I, just, I just want to say that, that there is, uh, you know, I find myself saying this often, and uh, I want to, I guess, quasi-apologize, but I don't apologize when I think about some of the things that I have the opportunity to stand up front and share thoughts with you from the Word of God. But this is a revolutionary idea. And just like Norman Vincent Peale said years ago, if you change your thoughts, you can change your world. Your thoughts, the, those crazy ideas that are, that are swimming through your head, and you might not be thinking about what you're thinking about, but because I've been prepping for this message, I have been thinking 
about what I've been thinking about. And I find it amazing that, that if you let your head just go, it will, it, will, it, will, it will take zigzag roads down all kinds of places that all of a sudden you, you start out, it's sort of like surfing YouTube. Right, you, you start out with watching the most adorable clip from Ellen, and, uh, and you think it's the funniest thing, but then, it's, then on the side it says recommended for you, and then the next thing you know, recommended for you, and the next thing you know, you've got somebody talking about the Illuminati, and they're willing to take over the earth, and you just started out with a little kid that was this big on Ellen, and now you're watching a video about the Illuminati. That's the way your brain works. <laughs> That's the way our brains move. And, and your thoughts influence and affect literally every arena of your life. It is possible to have a good heart but a bad head. It is possible to be saved to be on your way to heaven, to, to be loved by God, but your thoughts are keeping you from God's very best for your life. You could be living a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of blessing, a life that is flourishing, a life that is close to God, a, a life that is full of love and relationship that works, or you could be living a terrible life even though you are saved. Because I think the idea that we've got to understand is that eventually our thoughts manifest in our actions. And our actions eventually become our habits. And our habits eventually become our destiny. So if you establish good habits, you are moving towards a positive destiny. But if you establish bad habits, even though you're loved by God, even though you're saved, even though you're going to heaven, you could have a bunch of bad habits that are ruining where your life is headed. You could, you could either have a destiny that takes you into positive or a destiny that takes you into negative. And the Bible has a lot to say about our thoughts our mind, our mindset, which is why I want to park on this for a, a few weeks and talk about this idea. There is a battle going on all around us. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us this, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Our struggle, our battle, our war is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. We're all in a spiritual battle, yet we are living our lives 
in the natural. And that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. So every day we, we get up and we eat, we drink, we get our cup of coffee. Come on. Any godly people in this room, we get our cup of coffee. Uh, you know, we go to work, we sleep, we play, we do all of this stuff, and we're, we're trying to, to move life forward and have the best life we could possibly have, and our five senses are kind of interacting with this world and our sight and sound and taste and touch. All of these things are, we're just, we're sort of walking through the journey, and we're in this battle, and, and we're in this war that's a spiritual battle. And the Bible is very clear. This passage is telling us there's a battle outside of us. In other words, there are spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. There, is, there are spiritual forces at work in Asheville. There are spiritual forces at work where you work, where you live, there are spiritual forces at work in North Carolina. There are spiritual forces at work in America. There are spiritual forces at work in India, in France. I mean, you name it, there's a spiritual battle going on over the atmosphere. But I want to say that the biggest battle that makes the biggest difference that is a spiritual battle is the battle that's going on in your head. It is not so important, the battle that's taking place out there, spiritual forces in this world, but the battle that matters the most, the battle that determines whether you and I will get to walk in God's best for us is going on in our head. There's a battle going on in your head. It's a spiritual battle that's going on in your head. How you think, what you think, what you think about. And I'm going to encourage you to start thinking about what you're thinking about. Because those thoughts are controlling your emotions. And those thoughts are controlling your choices. Those thoughts are controlling your behavior. And the whole idea behind 2 Corinthians 10 is to say, there are ideas, reasonings, concepts that are not of God that are racing around in our head. And to take a posture that says, am I thinking the way God thinks or am I holding to some kind of different ideas about how life really works. Proverbs 3 says this, 
starting in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise. Don't think you've got it figured out, especially if your way is against God's way, right, or different than God's way. But fear the Lord and turn away from evil, and that's going to be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. I'm going to say that when we start to think the way God thinks, our life will rise to the height that God intends for it to rise to. You're only limited by your thoughts. So let's, let's go back here. And let me just say this. Some of you may say, Pastor, you know what? I, kinda, I know this idea. Uh, I understand this, this concept. Thinking right, winning the battle in your head, is sort of like staying in shape. Don't you wish you could just get in shape and stay there forever? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't you wish there was a year of jubilee and you could lose 25 pounds and just have a freebie, right? And you'd always stay there. But the battle that's in your head is a never-ending battle that is going to be going on the entire time you're living on this earth. So back to 2 Corinthians 10. I want us to look at it again. It says the weapons of our warfare are not of the natural, of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful, our weapons are, for the destruction of fortresses. Some translations put that as strongholds. We're destroying speculations, and some translations would even have that as reasonings. We're destroying reasonings, every lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God, and we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I think there's a lot of fascinating ideas that are involved in this, and to unpack the idea that there is in you, there is in me, reasonings. The way we reason, the way we figure things out, the way we think things ought to be. There are lofty things that are raised up against the knowledge of God. Come on, you've got to know that when you're watching CNN, you're hearing ideas that are in no way in alignment with the Word of God. And I'm not picking on CNN, I'm just saying most news broadcasts, most TV shows, most movies are not at all in line with the reasonings of the Word of God or the way God thinks about life. And so all of these ideas are being shoved at us and pushed on us and agendas are being pushed on us. They're spiritual in nature, but they're hitting our head. And so now there's a battle going on about what's really right about sexuality. 
What's really right about, about morality? What's really right about whether a person should stay married for their entire lifetime? I mean, I could just go on and on and on about the ideas that are in the Bible that are opposed to and different and way better than the ideas that are in this world. It says that there are thoughts and that there are strongholds. And it tells us to take every thought captive. How many of you know that's a lot of work? <laughs> that's a, actually, the, the, Greek, the Greek picture is literally spear every thought. So every time... A temptation comes across your head. You guys, that's not in alignment with God's way to live. There's something in you that's got to go, no, I spear that thought and take it captive to the obedience of Christ. Every time there's a thought that says, God doesn't really love you, God doesn't really want to bless you, you got to take that spear and take that baby down and take it captive and replace it with what the Word of God says about who you are. And I'm just saying, it is a battle. It is, it, it, this is, this is not easy, this is not quick, but this is the battle that everyone is facing. And those thoughts turn into reasonings. And reasonings turn into strongholds. So thoughts that are not taken captive eventually become our reasoning, and our reasoning eventually grows into a stronghold. And we're held in its grip when God says, I'm promising you peace, but you got a stronghold of worry. God's saying, I'm promising you blessing, but you got a stronghold that won't allow you to step into that blessing. Come on, anybody hear what I'm saying? God's saying, I'm, I promise you, I paid the full price for you to have a right relationship with me. It's not just about your behavior, but yet you're constantly judging everything you say, everything you do, expecting yourself to be perfect, which you're not. Come on. Don't look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about you now, right? And those things turn into strongholds. It starts as just a little thought. But eventually it becomes, well, this is just the way it is. This is just the way it is for me. Isaiah 55 says this. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Can somebody just say Amen. In other words, you got to recognize right off the bat that some of your thoughts are stupid. <laughs> They're not helping you. Nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, anybody glad for the rain? Come on. We prayed, we asked the Lord for rain, and he sent it. Amen. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, I could do without the snow. Come on, I can do without the snow. And do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to sowers and bread to eaters. Look at this verse. So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. My word will accomplish what I desire. My word will succeed in the manner for which I sin it. I think, I think we just have to, if you will, give up this fight, that your thoughts are better than God's thoughts. And even if you have difficulty buying into God's thoughts, something in you has to go, God's thoughts are better than my thoughts. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not the special exclusion to paying tithe or staying married or living the way that God wants me to live or walking into the best that God has for me. Many of our thoughts... And we spend our entire life exchanging our thoughts for his thoughts, our ways for his ways. And I'm convinced that there are patterns of thinking, strongholds, mindsets, paradigms, if you will. There are patterns of thinking that so run our life that we don't even realize it's running our life. Thoughts that we learned growing up in our neck of the woods. Thoughts that we made up ourselves. Thoughts that our family fed us. My family taught us that cranberry sauce in the can is better than cranberries. If it doesn't have ridges, that's not legit. Come on, can I get a witness right here from somebody who understands the ways of God? That's just the way my family, we did it, right? We didn't cook a ham for Thanksgiving. We cooked a turkey because that's the right way to do it. And I, so I'm from New Orleans, home of the New Orleans Saints, Jesus, help them please this year. They're not doing so well, but I still love them. And we eat jambalaya and oyster dressing on our holidays 
Come on, you, you are living way below God's best for your life if you are not enjoying a Cajun Thanksgiving meal. Come on, you know your family has its ways that go way beyond. Your family gave you ideas about how to handle money. Your family gave you ideas about how to deal with people in authority. Your family gave you ideas about how to live. And all the collection of all these thoughts and family ideas and cultural ideas and things we picked up along the way have turned into our reasoning, which have turned into our strongholds. So now, how, now how, how we think about God. Some people make up ideas. Well, if God is so good, how about this? Don't ever question that God is good. God is good. There's no if. God is good. But how you think about risk, because you've just developed reasonings. You've just developed, your family might have never, ever taken a risk, might have never stepped out of something that wouldn't be absolutely safe, and you're stuck in a stronghold of safe. Amen, pastor. Come on, how you think about money Don't get mad at me. I just want to say this, okay? But if you don't have any money, you're not thinking right about money. Because God is a God of abundance who loves to bless. And you just have to realize, maybe I could change my thinking about this so that I could actually walk in the best that God has for me. And some people are just like, no. I'm going to think this way. My mama told me this. My uncle said this. And your mama and your uncle are broke. Don't listen to them. You love on them. You can honor them. Come on, how you think about authority. Let's make fun. Let's make fun of President Obama. Let's make fun of President-elect Trump. Let's just, don't. God has a way that we're supposed to honor authority. And if your way is not God's way, then your way is not the best way. Come on, how you think about trust? Do you trust people? Or have, has, have your experiences so eroded your ability to trust people that these thoughts are rolling around in your head. Nobody can really be trusted anymore. That's baloney. How you think about sexuality. Whether you think homosexuality is right or wrong. How you, how you feel about men. How you feel about women. How you feel about church. Are you thinking God's way about church? Or are you thinking a whole nother way about church? I'm just going to tell you, Jesus loves the church. 
Jesus died for the church. Church is God's idea. If you, if you love Jesus, you love his church. It's his bride. Come on, that's God's way. How you think about discipline. Discipline is good for you, or discipline is, is terrible. How you think about fun. I'm just saying to you, all of us have strongholds that are holding us back from God's very best for our life. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Not at all. It does mean that there's a battle going on in your head. And some people have strongholds of poverty. Some people have strongholds of rejection. Stemming from family experiences or rejection in school and it's running it's 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 the system that's running their life now it's got a hold on them some people have strongholds of fear strongholds of worry strongholds of nobody is getting close to this heart anymore some people have strongholds of rebellion some people have strongholds of contention. They can't get along anywhere. They're always in a tussle at work. No church can make them happy. They've been to our church, and that we're just church number six on a long line of churches they go to. They just can't play team. They go through relationships, they go through churches, they go through jobs, and in their head, it's always somebody else's fault. And let me just, let me, let me try to end this on a more up note. <laughs> I had this revelation. Our worship team can come now, because I'm not going to finish this message. Uh, I had this revelation a few years ago. If you could have a negative stronghold, then you could have a positive. In other words, you could have a stronghold of joy. Come on. You could have a stronghold of peace. You could have a stronghold of faith. You could have a stronghold of confidence. You could have a stronghold of abundance. Higher thoughts lead to higher ways. Hey, I want to pray with you. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. Father, every one of us has the battle going on in our head. And I'm praying that you will help us to grab a hold of these amazing truths that you have given to us. Father, I'm praying for, for those that that constantly struggle with worry or fear or rejection, and they are feeling insecure about their life. Father, I'm praying that the power of the Word of God will transform our lives. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, this might be a thought that you've had. If I really just surrender myself 
to Jesus, I'm going to miss out on so much. But I'm going to urge you to consider repenting, to consider literally changing your mind and understand that when your life is in the hands of God, in the hands of Jesus, that's when you will literally live your best life possible. No one looking around. We're all just praying together. You're here today. You say, Pastor, I, I know I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. Maybe you're here and you used to be close to God, but you know you're not there now, and you know it's time for you to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. I just want to pray with you that you would enter into this. It's just a relationship. It's not, it's not you getting your act together. It's just you opening your heart to this God who's for you, this God who loves you. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I know I, I need to surrender to Jesus, or I, I need to come back to him, or I, I want to be sure I'm right with him, I want you to pray with me. I want you to raise your hand real high all over this room and say, that's me, would you pray for me? Come on, thank you so much right here. Anybody else that just says, yeah, I, I know I'm not where I need to be, thank you right here. Any, I'm not where I want to be, but I do want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to give my life to God. I need God's help. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Hey, let's pray this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my heart, my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I give my life to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord together? Amen.